Thank you for joining us again today. Each week we take on a lesson concerning the signs of the time. And usually the subject is controversial, and this week is going to be no exception. The cry against Israel and the Jewish people is an age-old problem, but the outrage probably at this present time is high in Europe, it's high in the United States and Canada and the world around us. And, and yet, what does the Bible say about it, and, and what's the basis for it? And so, our subject today is how to eliminate every Jew. Romans chapter 11 addresses this idea. As you could well guess, the Bible does address every situation that's in the news today, and, and this is certainly one of them. Listen to what it says. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. According as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, ears that they should not hear, unto this day. And David saith, Let their table be a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. And so this is the idea, that Israel tried through their self-righteousness and also through uh, turning to other idols, they, they abandoned God. God had a plan. God had a specific purpose for them, and, and they rejected it. The Old Testament prophets, Isaiah chapter 29, verse 10, uh, in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 4, God deals with this. And each time, here's what he says, that Israel, because of their lack of faith in the plan of God and in all the promises that God would make to them, they would be blinded. Notice what we just read in Romans chapter 11. He used the word blinded. Now the reason I point that out is because, you see, there are some who say that Israel has been rejected and some say that Israel has been replaced. Nothing could be further from what the Bible says. There's certainly a big difference between being blinded and being rejected or being blinded and being replaced. And yet two major factions, we're going to look at those today, are saying that. Why is this so important? Because you see, people today are carrying on in Israel, trying to destroy the nation of Israel, trying to, to divide up Jerusalem. And they're saying that that's really the plan of God. I'm amazed at how many churches, so-called churches today, are actually anti-Jewish, anti-Israel. It's one of the greatest movements. I look at our government. There's no group of people more discriminated against in the entire world than, than the Jewish people. The hatred, the, the world, and, and throughout history, the hatred for the Jew is just unbelievable. And so today we want to ask, well, why is that? And next, how, if that's really true, that we could have peace. Some people say, if we could have peace, we would do it. The only way to, to really obtain that is by eliminating the Jew. But what does the Bible say? And what, what does reasoning say when we look at all that's going on around us? So why is this such a, a pressing matter? Well, I, I think it's, it's for several reasons. Number one, I think it's because of their promises. God has made them some very specific promises. They're incredible promises. They affect me. They affect you. Sure, they affect the nation of Israel. Next, their beliefs. And then finally, their enemies. We want to look at all three of those. And I think you'll understand why this is such an important topic. And maybe the bedrock of all the hatred that's going on in the world today could be right here in this very question, this very statement. First, let's begin with the promises of God. You know what? We've looked at this in some of our other lessons. But in Genesis chapter 12, remember as God took Abraham out from his father, he told him that there was going to be a blessing. 
And the blessing would be threefold. Number one, he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you a land. That's the land of Israel. Not in this program, but in another program. I'm going to look specifically at the promise of God and how we know for sure that Israel, the nation of Israel, is exactly where God would have the Jews to settle. Next, God promised this, that Abraham would have a seed, a nation, and that nation would exist. And then third, he said that there would be a blessing. This blessing is interesting, and here's why. Because it said that Israel would be a blessing to the world, and that that the world would be blessed for those that do bless Israel. You see, I believe today that some of the discrimination against Israel, some of the hatred for Israel, is for several reasons. One, Number one, I think they not only hate the Jew, but they hate the God of the Jew. Number two, they're jealous. Because, you see, God said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you in a very special way. And my blessing is going to be so specific, so unique, that the whole world is going to wonder. And so people today are jealous of that blessing. What has God given to the whole human race through the Jewish people? Number one, the Word of God. The authors, the human authors of the Bible, it's, it's God-inspired, but human authors, they were Jewish men. Number two, through the Jewish nation, through the seed of Israel, through the seed of David, he gave a Messiah, a Savior. He gave Jesus Christ. And there's other blessings as well. In, in just a, a practical way. Matter of fact, I have here a list of, of Nobel Prize winners. And here's what's interesting. I, I know that it's quite controversial, but, but you know some of the people who are saying that, that the Jews shouldn't exist, that, that we should wipe them out, the only way to have peace is to eliminate the Jew. Well, let me just read to you several statements that have been made. Number one, someone said this, if the Arabs put down their weapons today, and, I'm, and when I say Arabs, I really should say Islam. If Islam put down their weapons today, there would be no more violence. But if the Jews put down their weapons today, there would be no more Israel. That's, that's how controversial, that's how touchy this whole subject is. And so isn't it amazing, because we recently just had a, a situation where we were told to, to talk of all the blessings that Islam has brought to us. And so let's, let's take a look. Matter of fact, on the list of these Nobel Prize winners, it's interesting that, that coming out of those that are Islamic, even though they make up somewhere around a fifth to a third of all the world, so we're talking about 1.5 billion people, they have a, a grand total of seven Nobel Prize winners, and one of those is Yasser Arafat. I'm going to eliminate him because he was not really a Nobel Prize winner. But when you come to the Jews, the Jews make up 0.02% of the population of the world. And they have an excess of 130. And these are in, in medical areas. They're in science areas. They're in literature areas and music areas. It's, it's unbelievable. Matter of fact, they dominate the list. Of less than 700 total Nobel Prize winners, 130 plus come from Israel, from that little nation. You see what God is saying? God said, I'm going to bless the human race. But isn't it amazing that that little race has such hatred by the world? Why? Because of the God of the Jews, because of the plan of God for it. And so one is the promises of God. But there's another reason. It has to do with their beliefs. You see, God mentioned this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I just want to look at these verses, and I think you'll understand what the Bible is saying. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14 says, but their mind were, were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil take, untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament. 
which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. You see, God gave incredible miracles to Israel. Think of how he delivered them. Think of how he preserved them. Whether it was in Egypt, whether it was crossing the Red Sea, whether it was with one incredible battle after another uh, against the Philistines, against all kinds of national powers. We'll look at a few of those in our, our lesson a little bit later on. God preserved them. Why did he do such miracles? Here's why. He wanted them to know that he was a God that would reach out to them in favor, in love, and in promises. And so number one, the promises of God, it makes people mad. Number two, the beliefs. You see, again, I, I think this, that the persecution of the Jew is partly because people don't like the God of the Jew. And then here's the third reason, and the one that we're going to spend the most time today, the enemies, their enemies. Let's look at the past, then we'll look at some present enemies, and then we'll look at the future enemies. The Bible tells this story so clearly. The past enemies, well, one of those would have to be Pharaoh. You know the story. Pharaoh in Egypt. Remember that, that because of disobedience, God allowed Israel to go into Egypt as slaves. But Egypt went far beyond what God intended. And when we come to the book of Exodus, all the way back in the beginning, let me read you what it says in Exodus chapter 1, verse 22. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. You see, there came a time when even under slavery, the blessings of God for Israel was so incredible that Egypt said, you know what, in order to, to make sure that Israel doesn't become a dominant uh, factor in our, in our place of living, we're going to kill every male child. Now, the only reason you would kill them is because they were Jewish. You see, God has a very special place for human life. That's why abortion is wrong. That's why murder is wrong. And yet we're watching people today play the hand of God by taking the life of other people. And there came a time when, when Pharaoh said, you know what, these Jews are going to become so uh, populous, these Jews are going to become so prosperous that we've got to do something to make sure that we can keep them under our control. And so they decide that they're going to kill every male child. This is really the story of Moses. Remember the parents of Moses said, no, we, we think that, that God is going to deliver Israel. And so Exodus chapter 12, it talks about these, these ten plagues that come upon uh, uh, Egypt and how that God would have the last one as, as a Passover, putting the blood on the door. And God would preserve them. And then again in Exodus chapter 14, another time when, when God would deliver. And here's what it says. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of Egypt, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. The deliverance as God took them across the, the Red Sea. You see, the enemy of Israel in the past was Egypt. And they thought they would go beyond the punishment that God had for them, for Israel to be slaves. They said, you know what, we're going to destroy them. We're going to completely annihilate them. And God said, no. And there was a severe penalty that Egypt had to play. There's another story in the Bible, the story of Haman, the book of Esther, one of two books in the Bible named after a woman. And the story is incredible because at that time it's now it's now Persia, and Haman, you see, under Egypt it was it was the nation, and the kingdom of Pharaoh. Now here's a man, and this man is so jealous of the Jews, particularly of Mordecai, that he tries to destroy all the Jews because he couldn't stand one Jew, Mordecai, and so Haman he tries a trick. 
He builds a, a gallow. He's going to hang Mordecai. When the story ends, what's incredible is that Haman hangs on his own gallow. Here's why. God said, you're not going to destroy the Jew. He he conceived a, a plan by which he was going to pay a bounty for every person to kill every Jew they knew. Why? Just because they were Jewish. Or how about Babylon? You know that story well. We've looked at it a time or two already. But Daniel was taken captive. Daniel and his friends and, and a, a big part of Israel were taken captive into Babylon. And they served their time there. And God said, you know what? I'm going to deliver you after 70 years. And, and there came a time when, when God delivered them in an incredible way. But because their punishment went way beyond what God intended, God had to severely judge Babylon. And it doesn't stop there. The Romans. Wow. Go back to history. And you'll see that there came a time when, when Rome took over the world. But their punishment for Israel was even greater than anyone could ever imagine. The orders, remember, by, by Herod was to kill all the Jewish babies under two years old. Why? Because he was afraid to compete with a baby. Can you imagine a king so intimidated that he's going to kill all the babies? Can you imagine uh, a king that is not uh, established enough to win a battle with a baby? You see, when you look at these things, you, you begin to see the pattern of hatred. Well, let me show you this, because we don't have time to look at every single story, but there are many. These are civilizations, nations, empires that tried to destroy the Jewish people. And what I want you to see is here's what God did. One by one, whether it was Egypt, the Philistines, the Assyrian Empire, one by one, these empires, all that tried to destroy Israel and the Jewish people, every single one of them are gone today, exactly as the Bible said, God would preserve the Jew. You see, the Jewish people, smallest among the nations, but they have a friend in high places, and that's God. And God said, I'm going to preserve you, and it's going to be a sign that I pick and choose my love. I pick and choose how I'm going to preserve people, and I've chosen you. You want to know something? God's not willing that any should perish. He's picked every single human alive at this time on planet Earth to receive his son, Jesus Christ, as a Savior. And he wants to show his love. He wants to show his protection. And he's willing to. And so he said, okay, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you how I preserve the Jewish people against insurmountable odds. And I'm going to prove to you that I'm able, I'm capable of preserving those people. If I can preserve them, then I can preserve you. So those are the past enemies. What about their present enemies? Well, here's a quote. Adolf Hitler says this, The ultimate goal must definitely be the removal of the Jews altogether. And he, and he sold that theory to his people. And he went on a rampage to eliminate the Jew. Six million, at least, were destroyed by Hitler. Stalin. Others have done similar things. Here's another present they went former Palestinian leader Yasser Arafat says this we plan to eliminate the state of Israel we will not bend or fail until the blood of every last Jew from the youngest child to the oldest elder is split is spilt wow hatred what hatred and and it doesn't stop with those overseas look at this one a former president embracing Helen Thomas Helen Thomas held a record 40 years 
as a White House news correspondent. So anti-Israel, so anti-Jewish that Helen Thomas said, tell Israel to get the H out of Palestine. Now, now that's a horrible thing. Can you imagine if she would have said that against any other kind of people? Finally, she was removed. But she said, tell them to, to go back to Germany, to go back to Poland, to go to America, go somewhere, but get the H out of Palestine. You see, the hatred is built up. And look at this one, Russia and Iran. Putin's totalitarian regime in Russia announced that it will sell advanced anti-aircraft missiles to Iran. Here's a statement, which as we should all know is the greatest threat to the continuing existence of the state of Israel. So they wanted to eliminate Israel. The Bible is clear. Ezekiel chapter 38, we'll look at it here in just a minute. Here's the present leader of Hezbollah. He says this, there is no solution to the conflict of this region except with the disappearance of Israel. The disappearance of Israel? Can you imagine if Israel were to say, all right, we want to eliminate Iran, or we want to eliminate Russia, or we want to eliminate Hezbollah? The, the world would be in arms. But it's fair to say it against the Jew, but it's not, it's not fair for the, Israel to say anything against any other country. And even more surprising is this replacement theology. Hezbollah. You see, leader. replacement theology rests chiefly on the idea Stop. that the covenant that God made with Abraham has been abolished. And so they say the promises that God had made to Israel, well, now they belong to the church. My friend, it's called replacement theology. It's, it's anti-biblical. I, I know that this is such a controversial thing. Matter of fact, do you realize that sometimes when I go to a conference, when I take a pre-trib stand, I believe that Christ is coming back for the church, the rapture of the church is pre-tribulation, or if I take a stand that's called against replacement theology, wow, people are so upset. You see, they are so against Israel that they say all the promises made in the Bible for Israel, now they apply to the church. You know what? That is so ridiculous. It would mean that the church could only be blessed when we're in Israel. We'd have to go to the mountains of Israel. We'd have to go to the city of Jerusalem. The Bible doesn't say that. And so this replacement theology says no, that Israel has been replaced. God has, God has put them aside. No, the Bible says that they were blinded, but they were never replaced. They were never rejected. They were disciplined, yes, but they were never replaced. And so even the church today is persecuting Israel. You want to know some, some of the strongest hate that I've found for the Jewish people have been in churches. I've, I've been in churches that, that take the Palestinian point of view. They say that Israel should, should be removed from the land. The Bible never says that. Matter of fact, in one of our future lessons, I'm going to show you the Bible ex, very express about what land Israel should have. And so God has set them aside temporarily for a while, but he will bring them back. And the blessings of Israel... In the tribulation, they'll come back to God. In the millennial kingdom, they will know the full tune and the full blessings of God. Thank God for his promises. And so the enemies. Well, here's another one. The future enemies. That includes Islam. Now, there's three that I want to talk about in the future. And these, I know, are controversial, but so important for us to understand. And the first one is Islam. There's two major passages. And I want to look at some of the verses there because... In Ezekiel chapter 35, remember we've talked about Ezekiel 36 when Israel became a nation. We've talked about the nations against Israel, Ezekiel chapter 38, 
But in Ezekiel chapter 35, here's what it says. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Mount Seir and prophesy against it. And then God goes on to say 11 times, I will, I will, I will. And it brings judgment against Mount Seir. That's the area of Edom. That's the land of Islam today. Here's what the Bible says. Because there was a perpetual hatred and has shed the blood of the children of Israel by the force of the sword in the time of their calamity, in the time that their iniquity had an end. Therefore, as I live, saith the Lord God, I will repair unto thee blood, and blood shall pursue thee, since thou hast not hated blood, even blood shall pursue thee. And he says, I'll make uh, Mount Seir desolate. God speaks against Islam. If you go to the, the book of Obadiah, the whole book, one chapter long, it again speaks of, of the promise of God concerning Islam. And it talks about this. He says, verse one of, of uh, chapter, I'm sorry, verse ten of chapter one. For thy violence against thy brother Jacob, shame shall cover thee, and thou shalt be cut off forever. Wow. Later in the chapter, he says this. He says, because you've looked at the holy mountain, I think that's the Temple Mount. I think that's the city of Jerusalem. He said, because you've drunk upon the holy mountain, so shall all the nations drink continually. Yea, they shall drink, and they shall swallow down. And they shall be as though they had not been. In other words, he will completely wipe them out. So the future enemies of Israel, the Bible speaks of, and Islam is one. Next, the Bible says this. Ezekiel chapter 38, if we continued in that, that incredible book, the prophet Ezekiel wrote. The first half of the tribulation, he names these countries that will come against Israel. It's quite interesting if we take a look at that. Because, you see, these are the same enemies that surround Israel at this very hour. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that there will be a time when Rosh, or we call it Russia today. Yeah, it's, it's that clear. If you go to Israel and you read concerning Rosh, or Russia, you'll find in the paper, they'll even call it Rosh. Because you see, what they do, they will take and add an uh at the end of it. Russia. Canada, America, and so Rosh or Russia. It says that it will be Kush, which is Ethiopia. It says it will be Put, which is Libya. It says it will be Persia, which is modern-day Iran. It says it will be Tagarma, that's present-day Turkey, and Gomer, present-day Germany. The Bible names these countries. These are the very nations that are surrounding Israel right now. I mean, as we speak, the coalition of nations that the Bible says will be in the first part of the tribulation Every one of them are on the borders of Israel today, threatening Israel, saying that Israel should not exist. My friend, how much clearer could the Bible be? You see, God has not replaced Israel. God says, no, here's a blessing for Israel, but there's a time when I'm going to draw them back. They, they wandered from me. They tried in their self-righteousness. They tried by trying other schemes. They, they rejected the Messiah. I'm, I'm still going to deal with them. Thank God for his love and his continuation with the nation of Israel. And then we go to the book of Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 12, what a prediction it is. I want to read again those special verses because they're so important to our subject today. Zechariah chapter 12, listen to the time frame. Listen to what the Bible says. The burden of the word of the Lord for Israel, saith the Lord, who stretched forth the heavens, laid the foundations of the earth, formed the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all peoples round about when they shall be in the siege against Judah and against Jerusalem. 
And in that day I will make Jerusalem a burden of stone for all the people, all that burden themselves with it should be cut in pieces, though all the nations of the earth be gathered together against it. All the nations. I think that includes America. I think there will come a time when America and Canada will turn and they will side against Israel. How sad it is. Joel chapter 3 goes even a, a step further. Again, I want to read to you because I think it's important for you to know that this is what the Bible says. Matter of fact, some of you have mentioned that it looks like my I've got all kinds of notes on the, my Bible. I do. You see, this is a Bible that I love studying prophecy out of. And so, as you can see, there's, there's plenty of notes and little note stickers on it. But here's one that's specially marked. It says this, For I will gather all nations, will bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and will judge them there for my people and for my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. Because they parted the land of Israel, because they've been cruel to, to the Jewish people, God says, in the tribulation, I'm going to bring all the nations down. That's where we find the lineup that we just read in Ezekiel chapter 38. My friend, look at this picture that we have before us. It's horrible. We've just gone through a, a pandemic, and we've seen people suffer. We've gone through riots in our own country. We've seen people suffer. But no suffering has anyone seen like what will be in the tribulation. And God says by the time the tribulation comes to an end, that all the nations of the world will come against Israel to destroy it. You go a little later into Joel chapter 3 and it says this, Let the nations be wakened. Come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, that we call it the, the place where Armageddon, the battle of Megiddo, will take place there. For there I will sit to judge all the nations round about. Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come get down. The press is full, the vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. He says this, There will be a time when all the nations will gather. They will come right to the place that we call Megiddo. That's called the Battle of Armageddon. And it says it will be like the Lord putting his feet down in a valley full of grapes. Blood will ooze from these bodies. It will be to the bridle of horses. It's going to be a horrible day. Why? Because God says, this is what I'm going to do because the nations are going to come against Israel and the Antichrist, and, and for sure, Satan himself will say, you know what, the, the, the problem the worldwide problem is the Jew and the God of the Jew. Future enemies, let me tell you this, not just Islam, not just the nations, but the Bible is quite clear that the Antichrist and the devil, they're going to go against Israel. Notice this one in Revelation chapter 12. I hope you come to these studies with your Bible, and if so, we've been to this chapter several times. And we'll probably be to it again because it's such a, an important chapter. But it, it says this in verse 1. There appeared in heaven a wonder. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. And upon her head a crown of the twelve stars. May I suggest to you that this woman is none other than Israel. And she, being with child, cried, travailed in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. You see, Satan wanted to try to destroy Israel. Why? Because he wanted to destroy not just Israel, but also the son that would come out of Israel, and that son would be Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that he was there to devour her child as soon as it was born. I think of Herod and his, his attempt to try to destroy all those, those infants trying to destroy Jesus. 
And she, that's Israel, brought forth a male child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And the women fled into the wilderness. I think that will take place in that tribulation period of time. And so the only one that fits this description is the fact that, that Jesus was born of the Jews. And the Antichrist, the devil, will seek to destroy them. We read again in Revelation chapter 13 that the Antichrist will trick Israel. He will say, you know what, I'm going to allow you to sacrifice again on the Temple Mount. I'm going to let you begin to sacrifice. And three and a half years into it, we've already read, we've studied how the, the Antichrist will say, no, you've got to stop the sacrifice. You can only worship me. If you don't worship me and you don't take my mark, then I'm not going to allow you to have a job. I'm not going to allow you to buy food or go to school. The mark of the beast. We see the world being prepared for this takeover. The hatred of the Jew, the alignment of the nations, a way to mark every individual, the power, and I'm going to say an international power to control all the governments. You want to know something? We're, we're moving that way. I'm amazed as I see the plan 2030. I'm amazed when I see leaders, even ex-presidents of the United States saying that we need to go to a new world order. My friend, the Bible said this would be exactly the situation. But all their attempt to eliminate the Jew, they can't do it. They fail every single time. No one, no power has ever been able to, to subdue the Jew and to eliminate them, even though they're small people to begin with. But you know, want to know something? The Bible, God, tells how to eliminate the Jew. I, I want you to look at a, a very critical text. It's in Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31. As we go to it, what, a, what an incredible thing for the Bible to, to talk about. How in the world can, can the Jew be eliminated? I mean, you would think of all the books, this, this would not be a, a book where we would find how to eliminate the Jew, but my friend, that's what's found in the Bible. And it's in a text, chapter 31, that's a millennial text. It talks about a covenant. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. And then he goes on to say this. He says, Thus saith the Lord, who gives the sun for a light by day, and the ordinance of the moon and of the stars for a light by night, who divides the seas when its wave roar, and the Lord of hosts is his name. If these ordinances depart from before me, saith the Lord, then the seed of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. Now, now think about this. Here's what he says first. He says, let's take the sun. What do we know about the sun? Well, we know that there's, there's solar flares erupting. Matter of fact, some people say that these are anywhere from 10,000 to 100,000 miles high. Think about that. 10,000 miles. That, that's three times the, the United States. Up to 100,000 miles high. They say that you could put a million Earths into our sun. Someone has said that the temperature is somewhere between 9,000 and 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. I, I don't know how they measure that. Uh, well, probably through infrared. It takes 8.3 minutes for light to travel from the sun to the earth. And so the Bible says this, take the sun. Now, now I want to remind you that the sun is a small star in the whole universe. Matter of fact, there are some stars that, it, that you could fit a hundred million, sorry, a hundred billion, a hundred billion of our suns in those stars. But you can take a million of our earths, put it into our sun, and uh, that's how big it is. God says this, if you will darken the sun, 
he says, then I will eliminate Israel. Folks, do you understand that it's impossible for you to darken the sun? Yeah, the, the sun. God put it in motion. And God said this in, in Jeremiah 31. He says, you go darken. How are you going to darken the sun? Who's going to be in the first ship to go up there and put a shade over the sun? I mean, we wear sunglasses and we're 93 million miles away. But he says, you darken the sun. And so the first one of these conditions, well, it's impossible. God says, okay, do you want to eliminate the Jew? And he said, here's another thing. He said, if you can measure the universe, look at this thing. I mean, this is incredible. Verse 37, thus saith the Lord, if heaven above can be measured and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cast off all the seed of Israel for all that they have done, saith the Lord. The, the universe right now, they say, is, is 92 billion light years wide. There's at least 2 trillion galaxies. Now, the Milky Way and all the planets that we know, our little Milky Way galaxy is, is, is a midget. It's one of 2 trillion galaxies, not stars, 2 trillion galaxies with hundreds of millions of stars in them and planets. And so the observable universe right now is 92 billion light years. What, what does it mean by that? Well, if you travel at the rate of 186,000 miles a second times 60 seconds per minute times 60 minutes per hour times 24 hours per day times 365 days per year, so you're going to travel about 5.87, can I round up, let's say 6 billion miles every year. And if you could do 6 billion miles every year for 92 billion years, then you would get to the edge of the universe. He said, here's the problem. You see, as huge as that is, as mind-boggling as that is, do you understand this, that the universe is continually expanding? And by the time you got there, we'd find that, that really we've just discovered a tip of the iceberg. It, it's, it's going bigger. It's impossible to measure the universe. It's expanding, and, and that's all the further we can go out. And God said, if you can measure it, he said, then I'll turn against the Jew. You want to know something? It's impossible to measure the universe. Or here's the third condition. He said, if you can eliminate gravity, if, if you can just stop the tides... If you can make it so that there's not the orbit of the Earth around the Sun, the orbit of, of other planets around the, the stars that they have, if you can change the whole foundation of the Earth so that gravity's not in effect, he says, then he said, I'll turn against the Jew. You want to know something? That's impossible. You see, here's the point that God is making. Here's the point that the prophet Jeremiah is making. All three of these are impossible, so no one can eliminate the Jewish people. They can try. I don't care if it's Egypt of the past, Rome of the past, I don't care if it's Hitler of the present, or Russia and the nations and the Antichrist of the future, they cannot eliminate the Jew because God says, you know what? My promises to them are incredible. Oh yeah, Zechariah says this, that, that during that tribulation period of time when so many people are dying, two-thirds of them will be cut off, one-third will be refined. They'll come back to me, they'll call on my name. I'll hear them, I will say, it is my people, as you say, the Lord is my God. Why is this so important for us? Here's why. Think of our salvation. Today, I, I want us to go to a verse in Romans chapter 5. And as we look at this, and again, I, I know this is such a controversial lesson because you want to know something? 
except for a few born-again Christians and other than Jewish people. I don't know of anyone that's defending the Jew right now. But you see, God made promises to the Jew. He made promises to Abraham. Those promises are so secure that God said, try to do those three things. Try to, to blind the sun. Try to, try to uh, measure the, the universe. Try to eliminate gravity. And he said, if you can't do that, he said, then I'm not going to turn against Israel and the Jewish people. Why? My promises are secure. Listen to what he says in Romans chapter 5. It says this, But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, God loved us, not because he needed us, not because we were good. He did it because he was an incredible God. You see, his holiness is matched with his love. Then it goes on to say this, Much more. Then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. I'm saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm saved from future wrath because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. He shed his blood. Now, this verse 10 is going to thrill you. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Do you understand that I'm kept saved today, not by my life, I'm kept saved by the life of Jesus Christ. Hey, my friend, what are the chances of Jesus sinning in heaven? Now, he never sinned on the earth. He's never sinned from eternity past until now. But you see, because his life is spotless, because his life is perfect, because, you see, I was saved by his blood shed on the cross. I'm kept saved by his life. And his life, let me tell you, it's a flawless, perfect, sinless life. That's why I'm eternally saved. Not because of my goodness. I'm, I'm eternally saved because of the goodness of God. And so I come to a time in our program where I ask this, are you ready? You want to know something? The persecutions that God promised to the nation of Israel are about to happen. He said they're going to happen by Islam. We're watching it take place. The news every day tells us that. The nations, we're watching the, the very nations that God named that would take place at the end of time going into the tribulation. They're the ones surrounding Israel. And while we're being so taken up with, with all that's taking place in America, let me tell you, incredible strides are going forward in the Middle East by people trying to devour and to stop Israel and eliminate them. The Bible says that when these things come to pass, the church is going to be gone. We're going to be taken up in the rapture. And the judgment of God is going to fall upon planet Earth. My friend, are you ready? I, I want you to, to stop and think, what, what more could God show you? God says this, that, that at this time, every single person born on planet Earth is now accountable to God. Because so much of the Bible has been revealed. You, you really have to try hard to ignore what is taking place. If you're going to say, you know what, I, I'm not aware of these things. I don't meet anybody on the street that doesn't understand and realize that we're living in the last days. That the things that are taking place are fulfillment of Bible prophecy. And just as God says, you're never going to eliminate the Jew unless you can do these things. He said, you know what? My plan is sure. Have you ever received him? This week I had someone share with me a, a very interesting, wonderful little message. And they talked about how wonderful the gospel is presented in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. I want to leave you with that again today because here's what it says. For he, that's God, hath made him, that's Jesus. For God hath made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us, for me. Substitution. You see, there it is. 
God who is holy allowed Jesus who is holy and sinless Jesus knew no sin he had no sin he never thought of sin he never did a sin he goes to the cross he still had no sin of his own but guess what he took all my sin and all your sin he took the sin of all the world on him at the cross and God judged Jesus for the sin of the world now guess what God does now he looks at me and he says Rob said, you're righteous he sees the righteousness of Jesus on me and he saw my sin on Jesus he judged that sin my sin has been judged if I will come and accept him I will receive the gift of eternal life that is provided remember we ended our show I think it was last week we said here's the ticket to heaven here's eternal life I don't know of a single person that doesn't want the ticket to heaven and eternal life and he says in 1 John he said I'm going to put eternal life and I'm going to put it in Jesus and the only way to get eternal life the only way to get salvation salvation that will last for an eternity he said is you take Jesus have you ever received Jesus Christ have you ever come to a time when you said you know what Jesus died for me Jesus took my sin I'm going to take the righteousness of Jesus and that way I'll be acceptable to God. Are you ready? We're living in the last days. I think Jesus could come at any time. It's so important for you now. Right now is a, is a moment of decision for you to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Father, we come to you today. We think amidst the clamor of people calling for the elimination of the Jew, for the death of the Jew, for the for the destroying of the nation of Israel, for dividing Israel up and Jerusalem up. Father, with all that noise, all it does is tell us that the Bible is true. Father, we're so glad that you delivered Israel from the past enemies. Now, Father, we look at the future enemies and, and we see how the Bible says this is how they'll be secure so that you will not replace them, but instead you're going to refine them. And Father, we thank you that your love for the Jew was eternal. And Father, your love for us, your plan for us is also eternal. Father, I pray that even right now, there will be some who say, I want to receive Christ. I want to take his death, his blood shed, as the payment for my sin. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Father, may there be some, even now, that come to Christ. We pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to ask a question of Dr. Linstead and or Bible Truth and Prophecy, please email us at the Bible Truth and Prophecy, or BTIP as we call it, email address. That's BibleTipNow at gmail.com, B-I-B-L-E-T-I-P-N-O-W at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.